0: Guys, and welcome to the newest episode of Be hurl Presents the Pump Card Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brian. And with me tonight is my tag partner, Psycho. How are you tonight, Psycho? I'm really
1: tired, but I am—I'm good.
0: I feel yeah. I got a, a bit of a head cold going on. That's why I sound all funny. Yeah, um, I'm
1: just old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I laugh, but I'm only a couple of years younger than you, so I can't really laugh that hard. <laughs> You're you're young enough. Yeah, uh, I'm young enough to laugh at you before I break my hip. Um, yeah, respect your elders. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I I was making some jokes earlier, and I thought like certain people would get it, but they didn't even get it because I thought, oh yeah, you know, they're my age, if not slightly older than me, they should totally get this joke. Um, like I did uh, a reference of like uh, to Cheech and Chong. I'm like. You know, you guys should hop in the ring and uh, one of you should uh, knock on a fake door and say, hey man, it's Dave, open up. And you respond with, Dave's not here, man. Uh, And nobody freaking got the joke. Nobody knew the Cheech and Chong bit. I'm like, I would have got it. I know you would have. But like, Doc uh, didn't get it. Like, uh, Jesus. He he didn't get it. He's older than both of us. Yeah. But he didn't really watch Cheech and Chong a lot, so. Anyhow, we're not here to talk about Cheech and Chong. No, no, no. We are here to talk about wrestling. And my God, how crazy wrestling can be in a week. Not only do we have two pay-per-views, but we had probably the biggest wrestling story of the year. So. Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and cover that really fast, since we're just supposed to be a review episode of both Payback yep. and All Out. But it, you can't talk wrestling without talking about this, but we'll try and keep it short to the best of our ability because of who the topic is about
1: and, and can I just say that you know, for anybody that would normally be like oh this is the this is the period to skip uh, hang tight because you might you might have s- some different thoughts for me that you're not expecting
2: so
0: yeah he he's particularly talking to my wife um <laughs> <laughs> That being said, of course, we're going to talk about the release of CM Punk from AEW. And oh, wow, how all of that was crazy.
1: And so, it, it it seems like there's more and more news that keeps getting leaked out like by the day, too.
0: I know. Like, there's no way to keep up with it. Part of the reason we're a little bit behind mm-hmm. on this is so that we can see if anything else dropped before we went. Um... That being said, we'll just do a quick review. Uh, During All In last weekend, uh, well, two weekends ago at this point, uh, just before All In started, there was some words said on air by Jack Perry referencing an incident he had had with CM Punk a few weeks before that. CM Punk was not happy about it, and there was a confrontation in the back. Now, this is about all we know for sure. Um, there's many different stories of many different things, but there is a video out there as well, um, which has been re- uh, going through or been reviewed, but not available in public yet. So we can't exactly see what's going on. Um, right. But that incident is what caused the suspension. And then that incident then led to the release of CM Punk. Um, my understanding at this point is and tony khan kind of came out and said this a little bit on the uh following dynamite that uh cm punk was being released um due to safety uh he he, tony didn't feel safe he didn't feel the workers could be feeling safe and things like that that he had respect still for cm punk but could not feel safe in a working environment and had to let him go by or let him go for cause Mm
2: -hmm. so which
1: is really legal legal terms, you know, to kind of cover their bases, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, it's it's such an interesting thing. Like, I honestly didn't expect him to be let go um, like this. I thought he was going to go for another long suspension and then maybe make another comeback because Tony Khan was so hyped on him. But I, in my opinion... And you've all heard my opinion about this many times. I think that the right move was made. That being said, this is not talking about Jack Perry. This is not talking about what should or could happen to Jack Perry. We can only talk about what's happening to CM Punk right now. But I think this is the right move um, for everybody. CM Punk has been a force of drama. I'm not going to say cancer, because he did do a lot of good things um, while he was in the company. But he was definitely a source of of drama while in the company, and you cannot feel safe and feel feel um, harmonic while working around a bunch of drama like that.
2: So I kind of
1: let me just kind of pipe in here with a little bit of my thoughts here. Um, we all know how I feel about CM Punk and everything like that, right? And I've voiced my opinions as
2: well. Uh, however. My opinion on this is that this was best for both parties. Mm-hmm.
1: And my my reasoning for that is whether or not you know who's right, who's wrong, whatever. I feel like with it's kind of like when you've got like like uh two people in a relationship and you've got one person when they're single, they're a good person, right? You got another person. You know, that they're a good person, but when you put them together, it's a toxic environment. You know, it's a toxic <laughs> it's it's I can
0: think of two relationships you've been in, as exactly that scenario.
2: <laughs>
1: just just two.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> um but I I feel like honestly, Sam Punk's like run with AEW was kind of a disaster. <laughs> kind
2: like, of a disaster
1: like, not, just, not just with how it ended but it really he was there for two years
2: mm-hmm.
1: right and he missed most of a year being injured suspended whatever right and
2: his first uh, pretty much his first year almost first year mm-hmm. he was fine
1: but this last year it kind of made everybody forget that there were no no issues for his first his first probably ten months.
0: Well, I don't know if I can say no issues because there were uh, there have been issues now reported from that first time, including the, an with William Regal and other things.
1: Th- that's true. I I do find it interesting that none of that stuff came out until now. Yeah. Right. So it was very it was kept very well under wraps. Right. And so who's leaking who or whatever? It's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, do I think this is the last we've seen of CM Punk? No. I, I do not. I don't think I do not think his match with Samoa Joe is his last match ever. I don't believe that.
0: That being uh, said, once we get to uh, or we already talked about it in um, the yeah. last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be upset if it was. That was a great I mean, match between those two.
1: Uh, I I saw um, Chris Jericho mentioned on his podcast. I think it was, or maybe it was somebody else's podcast. But Jericho mentioned how if this is his last, you know, hurrah, and that was his last match, what a match to go out on mm-hmm. because you're wrestling in front of the biggest paying crowd in wrestling history, eighty-one thousand plus people. And it was a good match with and it was with Samoa Joe. They have a history. Like I'm always searching for that like perfect last match. Right? It's it's always kind of interesting because I'll have a match that I think is gonna be my last match. And then one of two things makes it not my last match. One is I feel like, oh, that was a really good match. I can still go. So then I come back and ruin it. Or <laughs> or It was total trash. And I think I can't go out like that. Right. And so, uh, CM Punk's match was kind of the perfect mix, though, because it wasn't like a five star match. Right. However, it definitely wasn't trash. And so it's kind of that middle ground.
0: You're never going to have a bigger crowd.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean, if so, it'd be okay. However, I believe if he does come back, I think
1: he has unfinished business in the WWE. I do. And I think that that is kind of how he would want to go out is one last run. And think of the promo that he would cut and they would let him cut, you know, to to talk about his AEW time. Tell me that would not pop a rating on, on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown.
0: I agree. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, if triple or excuse me, if um, CM Punk ends up on TV on WWE within the next year, mm-hmm. that will tell you specifically who's currently running the show, whether it's H or McMahon. H, I don't think he would let the, a person of that dramatic caliber uh, on his show to throw up the flow. What's right? Like, McMahon will a hundred percent do it one for spite against aew and two for the money and there's an argument for both right uh mm-hmm. you know like the happy uh happy worker makes better product um but subsequently a great story will also make a great product so it's give or take but that right there will be kind of like the way to tell who's running the show is if punk makes it on there like a lot of people are right now are wanting punk to come at rumble
1: Rumble's a good choice. However, did you notice that Survivor Series is in Chicago this year?
0: Well, so, uh, the Survivor Series is probably already planned in Chicago months ago, before right. Right,
1: but if you were going to bring Punk back and you wanted to boost ticket sales, Chicago might not be a bad idea. You know, for Survivor Series. Now, maybe that's too soon, right? Maybe I don't know if he has a no compete. You know, and you know, in his contract, or if by him being let go with cause, you know, kind of uh, gives him free, you know, reign to sign with whoever or is completely free agent. I don't know the specifics. And Tony Khan was asked about that on the media scrub. And he didn't really specify or he wasn't able to talk about it. It's like the lawyers will work that out or whatnot, which makes me think that he's not completely clear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we'll see uh it makes me i i've heard rumors that that punk might sue you know um but i don't know <clears throat> honestly if i was punk i don't think i would and number 1 i don't know if i don't know if you'd win right with yeah. with how how it all ended um unless if they don't if they don't punish Jack Perry that much, and he's back, like, you know, next week, right? Then maybe he has a case. Honestly, I think I think they should have fired them both to kind of set an example and start fresh and that there's not going to be any of that crap going around. Um,
2: yeah, but I don't know.
0: Because
1: it, it was, was started by Jungle Boy.
0: It, it was a shot. By Jungle Boy, but it how is that any different than the shot that CM Punk did to Adam Page in a promo?
2: Right?
1: Uh, you're right, you're right. But Adam it, Page also started it.
2: Actually, well, he started the whole thing. See that's my opinion.
0: It, and it, Of course, it's your
2: opinion. Um what's that?
0: what I'm saying is is you have to think of it this way, right? Like, this is ostensibly Jack Perry's first offense Okay right? mm-hmm. Where this is not Punk's first offense Or first involvement I guess would be a better way of saying it He's yeah. obviously Been A dramatic character in the back And has caused many issues And Again like As the reporting has gone It seems like that's the impetus Of this but is not the Reason for It sounds like there was a confrontation between Punk and Tony Khan specifically that caused him to fear for his safety.
1: Yeah, and it could have been a lot of things. I'm sure Punk was in a bad mood that day because I guess, you know, he thought that he was going to have a sit down with the elite Mm -hmm. um, and they were going to hash things out and the elite canceled it um, or, or, you know, agreed not or, you know, didn't want to do the meeting um and then you know the whole travel situation with him you know being kind of stranded at the airport all of that probably you know he was like this is ridiculous right so he was, and then jack perry just kind of sent it over it was probably the the per the perfect uh what uh you know the, the perfect, perfect storm yeah exactly it was all of those things um
0: Cool, I'm, I'm, that's one instance. I'll go with you on that. The eight other ones that people have talked about over the last year and a half.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no. okay. No. That right. being said, I agree. let's go ahead and wrap this up um, with the whole punk thing because uh, mm-hmm. this episode's supposed to be a review. but we could yes. not not talk about it. So, punk is gone from AEW. Will he make it to WWE? Who knows? Hit us up in the comments. Uh, also, reach out to us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Facebook or at uh, be Hero Media. You can also go to us at BeHeroMedia.com. You can also reach out to us directly, uh, Mike Burke, DCW, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Mike BurkePro. You can find Psycho at PsychoWrestling on Facebook. And you'll get all that again at the end because I'm sure I'll forget I already did this. So, that being said, let's talk actual wrestling and not just straight real drama. Let's start off with WWE Payback.
1: Yes. Um, And it's interesting because I I think that both pay-per-views over the weekend were premium live events. Whatever, both events. um, They both, to me, didn't have the strongest card going in. But I feel like they both had good stuff on them. So this... uh, And now, granted, I did not... Just for the listeners at home, uh, I did not watch the AEW pay per view all out. Um, had some, had some last minute stuff come up, and I had to take care of it. However, I did read the results, but I did watch Payback. So the f- the first match on Payback was was a doozy. It was a steel cage match mm-hmm. between Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch, and uh. It was a really good match. I thought Uh, it was it was stiff as heck. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you saw it, all you had to do was look at Trish, and uh, she that was gruesome.
0: Yeah, it was uh, really. uh, By the end of the match, she looked like she had uh, Klingon ridges from Star Trek coming out of her forehead.
1: (laughs) Yes, it totally was. (laughs) It was um, gosh, she's an attractive woman. Still, she attracted
2: Klingon. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes,
1: yes. Um, there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> on top of that joke. Um, but uh it was a it was a good match. I'm not as good on the detail. I know that there was some stiff shots of the slamming her into the cage. You know, they were battling up at the top at one point, and the there was a really scary spot. The super duper Well, before that. Oh I think, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right before Trish, that. Yeah, Trish had, had her leg, like, or her legs in the, in like in between the cage, like through the through the little you know space yeah. that there was, so
0: and the, she like, got little, like uh, the guardrail cross beams right. up at the top, oh. and she was able to, to get her feet stuck in there, kind of like in the tree of woe.
1: Yes, and then so she went back. I thought she was gonna blow a knee out the way that she fell back like that. Right. Oh, my gosh. It was scary. Uh, but and then, you know, and then she gets superplexed uh, into the ring. That was crazy. Um,
0: Super duperplexed. Bre- yes. uh, Becky was standing on the top rope while Trish was like half hanging on the top of the cage and Trish pulled her in for a superplex. It was... It was a hell of a cage match.
1: Yeah, and uh, Trish Stratus at one point uh, did the the widow's peak um, <laughs> that Victoria used to do uh, onto Becky, and she even did the mannerisms of uh, of Victoria, and so which they're really close friends. I really hope Victoria gets into the Hall of Fame because uh, she deserves it. But Agreed. this was
2: that was a really cool um kind of um shout out basically. Um and then uh Zoe Stark, Utah's own Zoe Stark,
1: uh she she made her appearance here and and tried to help Trish win. Uh you know, was uh I think she's did she slam the door on Becky's head when she was she trying did. to get up? Yeah, and
2: uh it was uh she tried and um Becky hit the the banhandle slam and and uh I think she she hit one like um off of
1: off of the top rope so it was like a super manhandle slam and that's what finished trish yep it was it was a really good match though it felt like the end of the story as far as as far as trish and becky go and so it f- was a really good blow off to their feud about of, a month late it it was yep it should have happened at SummerSlam, um but you know that was already a packed card and it's true and so they had to move this. I'm glad it got its due here, though, instead of just a a Monday Night Raw blow-off. You know, I feel like it deserved a pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, and it went a while. I think it was like 25, 30 minutes it went. And uh, at the end of this, um, Trish and Zoe got into it, and Zoe ended up hitting Trish with the uh, Z360, um, letting her go off on her own. Um
1: that move looks so stiff. Like it it's does. it's like the sickest kind of spin off of the go to sleep,
2: you know, you'll see. It's true. Um
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that match. Uh I try and remember the rest of the card off the top of my head. I think this might be the match of the night for me, honestly.
2: Yeah, it was it was a heck of a way to kick off the show. Um great opener. Um, so I think I agree with you on that one, but we'll see as we go on. Um, so
1: John Cena came out, uh, cut a promo, um, and and uh basically said that he was gonna be the guest referee for LA Knight versus the Miz. Miz comes out, interrupts him. They have a, a war of words kind of um Uh, Miz kind of says, you know, that he doesn't dress. You know, he needs to dress better. He needs to, you know, make an impact. Those types of things. So, so then it was kind of weird though because John Cena then kind of reiterated, "Oh, I'll I'll make an impact. I'll be the guest referee." And Miz is like, "No," and and Cena's like, "Yeah," and and, and yeah, they did that spot. They did that whole thing back and forth, which is, I think that it would have worked better. If Cena didn't already say he was going to be the guest referee, yeah. if he would have said it after Miz interrupted him, I think that would have had more heat. Oh, I felt that it would have too. Been more of an announcement.
0: Before you go on, though, yeah. um, I wanted to bring this up because I'll forget it if I don't. Yeah. So on uh, Monday following this, Miz does Miss TV and he brings out John Cena. And for the first time ever, No one has ever done this before. For the first time ever, John Cena comes out and nobody can see him. They have it where John's music comes out. The cameraman is watching at the the entranceway and reacts as if someone was running down to the ring and does the slide in, does a little shake when he slides in and everything else. And Miz has a conversation with John Cena, who he can't see. And they get into an argument. And uh, Miss ducks a clothesline that can't see and gives the unseeable John Cena a skull crushing finale. It is oh my gosh. so good, so good. You gotta go watch it. It was so funny. I was dying laughing on how one, how good it was, but how. Nobody had thought to ever do this uh, spot, but it was done so well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's go ahead and run, the, uh, this ep- or run this match real fast. I just had to bring yes. that up or I was going to forget it.
1: Wait, so they did an invisible <laughs> <man> <laughs> They did a the John
0: Cena that you can see. <laughs> <laughs> and Ms. Cuts a, a promo interview on a John Cena who you can't see and does not have the mic right there. It's freaking great.
1: Oh my gosh. Um so so we go into the the LA Knight and uh the Mismatch. And of course Cena, you know, gets a referee shirt for it. Um mm-hmm. This match this match was okay. Um It was pretty much what you'd expect. Um I'm trying to think of anything that was really notable from it though. Uh uh LA Knight gets the victory. Yeah. So it's a, it's a win for for LA Knight. Um but uh I don't really I can't really think of anything that was too memorable about this match. though.
0: It was fine. Um one of the big things was uh like both The Miz and LA Knight both uh did different things like uh, doing the spot where they keep fighting and somebody in the corner where the ref counts for him, and then the ref pulls them off. Um, hmm. Both times uh, when the Miz did he got in John Cena's face and LA Knight got over and then uh, right after that LA Knight got in the um, John Cena's face when he got pulled off and Miz got over. Um, they did do this, the, uh, the pin holding the ropes. Ref catches him spot and kicks the hand with Cena. It was a very basic match. Like to be honest, this mm-hmm. match could have easily been on TV, like on uh, uh, USA. i have been perfectly fine.
1: I, I feel like the only thing that made this, you know, somewhat memorable is John Cena. You know, was the guest referee. So you, I don't know. It was. It was okay. Yeah. Um. It was, and it was a win for LA Knight. So it did what its purpose was.
0: Uh, interesting thing about LA Knight, by the way, if you hadn't heard, is uh, so. The WWE does their own kind of like ratings of who they think are their top faces, top heels and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for SmackDown, uh LA Knight's actually ranked as their top face right now.
2: Over Cody
0: Cody's, not, on, raw. Cody's on, on raw. Cody's on raw right now. He's
2: on raw. Okay. Okay. So um yeah wait over over um um oh my gosh. Uh, Sami Zayn on Raw. Oh, let's see. I don't watch the Weekly, so okay. I guess if they're both over there, um, yeah, I I can't
1: argue it. I guess I can't think of anybody. Yeah, since they moved
2: over there, and
1: Uso's
0: yeah, Rey Mysterio's like the only one that I would put up there with them in that vein. Who's currently the Utah or the Utah State, Uh the the um U.S. title holder, yeah. Uh, so um, that being said, next match,
2: this match yes. is fine. Yeah. Um,
1: so we have Rey Mysterio defending his US title against Austin Theory in a rematch. This match, I kind of felt the same as the previous match. It was fine. Um, everybody knows I'm not the biggest Austin Theory fan, uh, but but uh, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of there. Like this, this honestly could have been a SmackDown main event too, yep. and you know been been kept on SmackDown. But you know you can't have every match be on SmackDown because then you wouldn't be able to fill out a three hour pay per view or a premium live event.
0: Um, what this match was missing, honestly, because the match again was fine for everything mm-hmm. it was. Um, was uh, the Santos Escapar inevitable heel turn against uh Ray? Like this was the place to do it, honestly. <laughs> Um, unless they end up having some Survivor Series style match and Survivor Series mm. dealing with them and that happens there, I think this was the place to have done it. So
2: uh yeah. Um they had this backstage
1: thing after this with uh Becky Lynch and uh Tiffany Stratton, who's the NXT NXT women's champion. Yeah. Um I'm not really familiar with Tiffany Stratton, but uh
0: She's fine. She she kind of has like this Malibu Barbie girl kind of like character, where my daddy's paid for everything and I'm amazing because look how awesome I am, all my athletic ability and stuff. Uh, she does a beam uh, a BME though, uh, best moon salt ever as her finish. Okay. So, um, but yeah, she's she's fine. She's got a great moon salt, and you know she's perfectly like a perfectly good a women's mm-hmm. champion over there. But it seems like what they're going to do is either do a program with Becky where Becky ends up winning the NXT title for the first time, by the way,
2: mm-hmm. oh, yeah.
0: or um, ends up doing a program which builds up Tiffany Stratton by defeating Becky Lynch. But I, I think it'll be more of the former.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I think, uh, yeah, maybe it'll get some people to watch NXT.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, so then we've got the tag team title match. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defending against Judgment Day. And this is really This is no disqualification, right?
0: Uh yes. Oh,
1: street Fight, yeah.
0: Street Fight. Uh so, the Pittsburgh style street fight or something like that.
1: Something like that. Yeah, they This one was really good. Uh they had they had this wild brawl throughout the whole building, and they um they were in the
2: um the penalty box, you know, for the Pittsburgh. Um go ahead and see what you get. What? Who is oh, it? The Pittsburgh who? Penguins? Good job. He knows
0: the sports ball.
2: I uh
1: I had to pause and think for a second. <laughs> I was like, which sport? Because I was like, Steelers is football. Don't say Steelers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, and uh, but uh, this was really good. There, the crowd was into it. It was stiff. Um, yeah, there was a lot of good spots in this. Uh, for this felt like a pay per view match, yes. or, or a premium live event. I'm just, I'm always going to call pay per view. Yeah. I can't, I can't like argue between the or decipher between AEW doing pay per view events and WWE doing premium live events. So. Um yeah, this was really good. Honestly, this one is right up there for me with the Becky and Trish match. It's really close between these two of what I thought was the best match of the show. Um this one this one felt like it wasn't it wasn't a blow off of a feud. It feels like it was more a kickoff
2: of a feud
1: or like or like the next chapter. Because I feel like... I mean, we had new champions. Yeah. So Finn Balor and Damian Priest uh, ended up winning the titles. Um, there was
2: some interference
1: from Dominic.
2: And... Right. Um, oh, and... Uh, what was his name? JD McDonough. Okay, yeah. And and even um, Rhea Ripley. Yep.
1: She... At one point, I think she speared... Kevin Owens.
0: Yep, through the barricade.
1: Yes, and that was that looked good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was almost like what four on, no, like five on on two, yeah, right? Five on two. And and so it didn't hurt Owens and Zayn at all that they lost this. Um, they were kept strong, even though there's new champs. And thank goodness, by the way. That they actually gave Finn Balor a, a big win here. So now he's tag champs. Uh I think that they can milk that between him and Damian Priest a little bit more. Um, but also he needed something. Yeah. He had lost a lot recently, I feel like, especially with all the stuff with Seth Rollins. And so uh this was a good win. And uh I'm 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 happy for to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's gonna go interestingly um they are already doing stuff on raw with this involved um I don't want to you know give away the farm just yet on this because of something that happens later but a certain returning um wrestler joins Sammy in a match because Kevin's not there Kevin's actually uh, is mean, still technically was still injured that's part of the reason they had to drop the titles um so he's dealing with injuries so he's not going to be there for a minute But uh, they have some great, great story stuff going on right now on Raw involving uh, someone I believe we were about to talk about as a returning uh, person. But this match, fantastic. I super enjoyed this match. Um, The falsies were perfectly timed. Uh, I I think they teased the finishes so well in this. It it was great. There was a lot of great comedy in it, but it wasn't a comedy match. It, It was about as the best watching this in comparison to watching the um the arena match in aew on the prior week from our last episode i talked about this is the way you do a arena style match the match is where you go all across the arena where you are doing things because you have funny gimmick spots you have Everything that makes sense, but you have these great falsies that end up in the middle of the ring, or great other spots that happen that you can kind of tie into the rest of the thing. The story was so well done in this match; I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't, know, I, I, I think this is still also tied with me, like right there with the, the uh the steel cage match. Um, I think these are the two best matches of the card. Um, they're one one A and one B really.
2: Yeah and uh
1: they did a spot here um where they were on uh where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were kind of paying tribute to Terry Funk mm-hmm. where they put the trash can on um was Finn it Ballor. Finn Balor? Yeah, yep. on Finn Balor and yeah, we're beating them with the Singapore Canes or whatever and uh or maybe it was tra- maybe it was Steel Chairs, I forget which. They were kind of um, 6 Okay, they were kind of six, and so kind of paying homage to to Terry Funk there, who is, has passed away. Um, and then was Kevin Owens bleeding in this match? Didn't he yes. come up bloody? He came up bloody, which is rare for WWE because they use they haven't done blood in a while. I don't think have they?
0: Not purposely. Um, they'll, they'll do um hard ways every once in a while, like uh, Cody and Brock at uh, SummerSlam had oh, a uh, hard way.
1: That's true. Okay. Okay. So. Um. Yeah, but really, really good match. Um. So the the next match. So or actually the next segment, you had Grayson Waller doing the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, he brings out he brings out Cody Rhodes, and Cody really does nothing here other than, other than introduce the the newest member to, uh, to Monday Night Raw. Um, Jey Uso, and it was kind of weird how they used Cody here. Like, I assume that they did it to um, to give a rub to Jey Uso, you know, as as a top guy or whatever, but they didn't really need to to do this with Cody. I don't know. It was just nothing for Cody to do here.
0: Well, I I think this is more of laying seed than it is of nothing for him because you have to give it time, right? So uh-huh. they kind of play with this on the following Rod. This is the one I was talking about, by the way. Sammy uh-huh. and uh, Jey Uso have a spot on Rod. It was great. And then uh-huh. they end up doing a match, uh, a tag match against um, the uh, Judgment Day. Um, that being said, they uh, the reason for Cody doing this is more in the words Cody used is he still has some back, uh, backstage credit, right? He's able to do trades. He's able to move things around. And he used lots of his uh, good credit to do so. What uh, a lot of people are thinking and what it seems like that they're building to is the trade from one member of Raw to one member of SmackDown. We got the SmackDown member of Jey Uso and the person going to Raw It's most likely going to be Cody who will get his WrestleMania rematch against Roman Reigns.
1: Okay. So he goes, if he goes to SmackDown, you can't like hold this off all the way until like January, right? (laughs) To do the trade. It's like, oh, remember uh, there was somebody, you know, when Jey Uso went to Raw? Well, you know, four months later, you know, or five months later. Here's but, the guy that's going to SmackDown.
0: I don't think that they'll build it that way. What they'll probably do, it'll be my assumption, is with uh by like or just before Survivor Series or something like that, they'll announce it like within the next two weeks, um, and then they're gonna build a program where it's gonna be Seth and, or not Seth, um, Cody and maybe like uh, Solo are doing a thing, and he causes Solo to go out. So at WrestleMania, it's just him and Roman. And that's it. That means the most sense to me of how to build it. Um but we'll have to see how it goes. Uh but Adam Pierce does mention uh on Monday that like where he reiterates it and says that now that Jay's here, that doesn't mean or we that means we have to give somebody from Raw or send somebody from Raw over the SmackDown. So they are teasing it, but it's probably gonna be Cody.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I feel like like
1: they could just have him. I mean, the obvious way is to have Cody win the Rumble again, but that's two years in a row. Yeah. I mean, but but whoever's winning the Rumble has to face Roman, I would think. I mean, I guess they could face Seth, you know, for that title. Um, So maybe they do go that route. But, I mean, if I am the winner of the World Rumble, I'm choosing the top top title and not not Seth's title, but unless it's somebody that Seth is already feuding with, which apparently is shame. Right, right. And I don't think that has legs to make it to WrestleMania, so I think I don't think so either. We'll move on to something else.
0: Um Ideally, we're probably going to see LA. Knight winning the Rumble
2: Yeah, um, I could see that. Um let's let's come back to that in a
1: second because we got
0: we still have a time to go.
1: Yes, we got Rhea Ripley next defending her women's title, Rob women's title against Raquel Rodriguez. Uh this to me was the worst match on the show. Great. I like Rhea, I like Rhea Ripley, but it was I mean um uh, Raquel is is green still very green. And this was, there was a lot of sloppy spots. Um, there was, I don't know, not a lot, not a lot to this. Um, Rhea Ripley retains. it. This, this felt like, all right, we just, you know, w- Rhea Ripley was left off the last pay-per-view, left off SummerSlam, stuff. So let's give her something to do here.
0: Well, I, I think on paper, you look at this match and it, it's a good match because it's finally somebody that Rhea can't just throw around and beat down, right? <laughs> she's been going through all of the women's division and just destroying everybody in moments moment because she's so much bigger and so much more powerful. So, of course, the bigger, more powerful Raquel Rodriguez makes sense. But Ra- Ra- Raquel is not there yet to be able to do that and i i think Rhea's fantastic but i don't think she's the kind of worker yet that's able to carry somebody through a match uh the caliber of raquel rodriguez um i i made a reference or i made a joke uh during this match that is uh Rhea's, or raquel's doing like four or five like clotheslines in a row and i look over at nick and i'm like tell me I'm green without telling me I'm green <laughs> or tell me you're green without telling me you're green.
1: I thought it was just tell me you're a warrior fan without telling me you're a warrior fan.
0: <laughs> uh, same statement. Honestly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes.
1: It could have been said about him too.
0: Um, um, so, but it's fine. And I, I think Raquel has an opportunity of being very good, but I think she was brought up from NXT too early. And I think it's all because of her size. Um I think her in the tag team is a great spot for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I this was this was nothing.
2: It didn't help anybody. Right. Um
1: they had John Cena in the back like wearing a sports jacket and and uh a pink bow tie and basically interviewing Judgment Day. Um I I think John Cena was way over the top with this. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of. I get, you know, he was trying to be entertaining and all this and lead something since he was the host of the show. But
2: it, I don't know. I, it's really annoying. It's, it's too over the top for me. But
0: it's fine. I mean, I, I see what he was trying to do. But yeah. Um, meh
1: yeah exactly Um, so then you've got the main event the Raw World title Uh, Seth Rollins who came out first defending against Shinsuke Nakamura
0: now he did come out first but it was a uh, Japanese entrance which means that they yeah, get to right. the ring and did the announcing there so it really yeah. doesn't matter
1: yeah I guess that's true Um, I really like Nakamura as a heel by the way I think like it it works. And they had Great Muda in the crowd, by the way. Um, which kind of made you think, oh, maybe they will put the title on him and Great Muda's here to you know celebrate or whatever. But uh it wasn't meant to be. This match you, it's funny because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is turning into a really good match. And and it was a good match it just wasn't a great match. I, I don't know how I feel about this match, to be honest. Um, Seth Rollins wins. Uh, Just kind, kind of, of out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 It was the finish all together was kind of weird because uh, Seth wins. And then like before they go off the air, you've got Nakamura and like basically doing kind of a stare down from the outside. And even you were like, oh, hold on, I think they're going to do an angle here or something. Then it goes off the air and apparently they did do something after it went off the air yep. and and uh, Shinsuke apparently attacked Seth Rollins. Um, Why wouldn't you show that? Why wouldn't you let that be how it goes off the air? I think that would have been a better end to the pay-per-view.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it oh, was just okay. It was
0: good, oh. but on RAW, they're still playing with the storyline, so they're going to continue this program between the two, mm-hmm. which I think is fine. I I think if they up the scale a bit, and they might have a, a better match because again, this match was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't remember it come yeah. t- next year. Um, I'll remember the cage match, and I'll most likely remember mm-hmm. the uh, Still City uh, Street Fight, mm-hmm. which was the tag match we talked about earlier. But uh you had to look I, I up, didn't remember you that much. no? I remembered it as soon oh. as I said the Pittsburgh thing, it's like, oh yeah, it's a oh. still city something. And then as I was saying it, it's like Street <laughs> Fight, that's the word. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, this was this is a good match though. It it was way better than the women's match. But uh definitely it was it was there.
0: <laughs> it was a so, thing.
1: Overall, how how would you rate this pay per view? Like, what What did you think of um, the pay-per-view?
2: I don't
0: know. It's a mixed bag, because, like, for a payback, for, like, okay. a, a mid-pay-per-view with a song Big mm-hmm. 4, it was really good. Um, but if you compared it against, like, a bigger 4-1, it's not that quality of it. It'd be, like, a low-end, like, Survivor Series. Or, excuse me, uh, SummerSlam. So I think it was fine. It's just... I don't know. It's... It's almost getting to fatigue at the moment because of knowing that we had uh, SummerSlam, which was very good. We had All In, which was very good. Very, very good. Then we had this, and then knowing we're going to have another show the next yeah. day, it, there was a bit of like fatigue. So I kind of was like... It's
1: a lot of <sighs> wrestling. Yes. Yeah.
0: And like, it was very hard to l- really enjoy it. But I think if I came back and watched this, like, now, six months from now I probably enjoy it more
1: yeah I was uh, I thought it was it felt like a B pay-per-view though <laughs> you know it, it, it felt like a filler pay-per-view and it, I think it was the first one in a while that Roman Reigns and the bloodline wasn't a major part of the story for the show like you'd have to go back a while to not have Roman Reigns on the show
0: well, it, what it feels like is they're starting to get where they're slowing down the bloodline stuff, which is fine. Um, I mean, you have Jay yeah. on one show, Jimmy on the other, and they're separate from the bloodline mm-hmm. altogether. And then uh, you have Roman and Solo doing their thing on SmackDown only. It feels like they're now building to making the Judgment Day, bringing up that faction mm-hmm. to try and fill that spot, which is exactly what this paper view did. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt like a credible, uh, and a a, a, a credible, like faction to be and, the head, and the bloodline
1: story really, I think, what it really did, it elevated Jay Uso
2: big time. Oh yeah, because
1: I don't know. Even though we're given, they were giving him the main event spot and everything, he didn't really feel like a main event guy to me until now, when they've separated him from uh-huh. from that, because now he gets to hang on his own and if he gets into a, a top you know top program and i hope they put him with top guys um it,
0: it looks like the angle they're gonna work him to being is they're probably gonna have it be him and drew mcintyre and drew's okay. gonna go heel okay um they Good had word? it they had a spot um on raw uh when jay came out jay a promo and everything else they started coming to the back because him and cody or him and uh, sammy did a spot and then right before they make it to the back, uh, Drew McIntyre comes out for his match and kind of stares him down and is obviously getting his face. And, you know, they make reference to Drew getting screwed by the bloodline being champion and, like, he's jumped him before and, like, he doesn't trust him. A whole thing. So.
2: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this whole thing was good. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, I'm not going to remember a lot from it.
1: Um, going forward, but uh, I, I guess a that, couple of matches. Yep, yeah, that the, matches the two matches. matches. Yeah, yep. It was a two match show, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so now we go to All Out. Correct. Right. And there was a. Oh, this card did not look good going in, to the point where, even when I had things come up, I. I wasn't psyched to go watch it, and so I mean, I ended up not getting to watch it, even though. Uh, however, after reading the results, and we'll get to it, and and kind of seeing and reading up on it, I feel like I missed something.
0: There was surprisingly like, good stuff on this mass show.
1: I f- I feel like everybody stepped it up, and um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm so, I'm this is one that I'm probably gonna have to track down footage and kind of. Kind of watch some of this stuff um
2: so let me pull up their card here sorry i had it but hold on um so this obviously is in chicago
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh which surprisingly uh save mm-hmm. the match the uh uh the what the hell are their names the bucks are in um mm-hmm. not an ounce of hate at all. Yeah. Uh, whatsoever. Like, every, like, the fans were just so happy, so excited to have AEW there. They were screaming like crazy. The only time that there was any a- a hate at all was when the Bucks were there, which I think the Bucks are going to end up being like Chicago's going to be their uh, Shawn Michaels Canada kind of thing.
2: Oh, easy. Easy. Um, sorry, my.
0: I'm trying to remember, I think the first official match was the tag match between uh the ROH champions, which are currently um yes, uh better than or better than you babe, which is uh the current you know AEW champion MJF and Cole against the uh Dark Order being brought out by uh evil Uno and had John Silver and Adam something.
2: Uh, Uh, Adam. Adam. Uh, That's the other guy.
0: (laughs) I can't remember his name. Um,
2: are you talking?
1: uh, Wait. So it's Dark Order against obviously MJF and Adam Cole. Yes. But it's
0: uh the members of Dark Order in this. Uh,
1: Silver. Um,
0: John Silver and yeah, John Silver Reynolds. Reynolds.
1: Reynolds. Yeah.
0: Or Alec Reynolds. Alec Reynolds. That's what it
1: was. There you go. There you go. Um, I I get the last name. You get the first name. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So tell me about it.
0: (laughs) Surprisingly, uh, so the Dark Order has kind of had a heel turn ish on here, which was interesting because they've been ostensibly faces since Brody Lee died, and uh, they've kind of had this new turn to being. Uh, heelish characters and the, i mean the fans are still behind them for a bit but by god do are mjf and adam cole so over w- right with this thing it is so insanely good so in this match you have mjf and uh, adam cole just ripping dark order to the shreds uh, and there's a thing where you find out that uh, Alec Reynolds actually was one of the trainers that helped train MJF when he was younger. Okay. And so they do a little bit of a spot with that and things like that. And uh, they were playing up that MJF was still technically injured from the all in with a neck injury uh, that Adam Cole gave him. So uh, during this match, uh, they go through a, a great shine, do all this stuff at the beginning. And then MJF and uh, or uh, MJF saves Adam Cole on the outside because he's uh, being attacked by um, John Silver. And uh, while uh, Evil Uno has the ref distracted, uh, Reynolds comes up behind him and hits uh, MJF in the back of the neck with a chair. Like turns it sideways at top of the chair right to the back of the neck. And MJF sells it brilliantly. Um, selling the neck injury and everything else like he can't get in, like the trainers have to come out and protect him and save him. And they do the spot where, you know, Solo Face is against the tag team of the Heels thing. So Adam Cole's got to survive on his own, which Adam Cole does a fantastic job. And then um, is, you know, trying to do his best, but you know, he gets some hopes here and everything else and is bumping like crazy for these two. And Dark Order actually feel like a credible tag team in this, uh, going in, like you knew they were losing, but you they gave you that, like, little bit of, like are they, though? Which is great, because sometimes you, like you see some tag matches, especially on people who are so over, like these two um, but these two of course being, uh, MJF and Cole. uh, and you look at them, and you're like, there's no way these guys are losing to these snubs right? But They put enough doubt in there for it's like, maybe I doubt it, but maybe Uh, I'd be surprised. Well, during the hot tag, MJF does come out from the back, holding his neck and everything else and is selling his neck the whole time, like holding the back of his neck as he does everything and does uh, the hot tag and bumps him, bumps him, bumps him, bumps him, does the uh, kangaroo kick, gets the crowd over and then they uh, end up winning with a double clothesline. Um oh John Silver had a great line too cuz he ends up bumping uh I think it was Adam Cole and he hits him with uh two clotheslines like back to back and he looks around the fans double clothesline y'all are stupid <laughs> that's so funny um but yeah uh so uh, MJF and Adam Cole retain great spot uh, it was just cool. good good match like Story-wise, I was really into it. Uh, there was really no flaws with the match itself. Like, it's not going to be a five-star match. But for story-wise, it was fantastic. Um, and did exactly what it needed to do for me. It's it's that nice thing in AEW that it is different, right? The AEW is primarily, like, all about the high spots. And everything that Adam Cole and JF are doing right now, especially with tag match stuff, as well as their single match stuff, is so story driven it's causing it to be different in aew
1: yeah i think i mean honestly i i love mjf and adam cole right now um i this was one of the reasons though why i wasn't psyched to watch this show though not not because of them but just because honestly i i don't i don't care for ring of honor and so and it seemed like they put a lot of ring of honor stuff on this show Yes, they did. And and so as it felt like filler to me, like, oh, this is gonna be dreadful. Punk's gone, and now they can't they can't fill that void type of thing. Um But however, I by roll. them putting this by them putting this match first, uh what happens after I read uh is a good read is a great way to segue. Um so apparently MJF uh, they were making their way out, and Samoa Joe, oh, yeah. who's coming in for his next match, uh, comes out while they're still out there, and kind of tell me tell me exactly what happens here. Obviously, there's a scuffle, but what what happens here?
0: Uh, it's very simple. So MJF and M are walking up the ramp, getting ready to head out to the end or head out where Samoa Joe comes down with his music playing, and literally just does the like shove. Right, the light mm-hmm. shove out of my way, mm-hmm. peon kind of thing, and it walks into the ring, and then MJF looks at him, looks at Adam Cole, looks at him, and then goes and uh, confronts him in the middle of the ring and shoves him, and they get into a scuffle, and then uh, Adam Cole, or I'm sorry, not Adam Cole, MJF gets put into uh, the Caracuda Clutch, the choke, the ring naked mm-hmm. choke, and uh, is actually at one point it's a standing version so he's hanging him essentially that way off of a neck injury so they're playing up the neck injury with that and they actually have to do it where like joe doesn't care like he's here just like you know he he wanted to push him and or he pushed him like get on my way peon and it's just standing there mjf came on him so at one point when they're separating all of the uh the refs and the guys trying to break it all up and everything they're all pretty much on mjf and like one is lightly holding Joe back, and Joe's like, I, he came with me kind of thing. So it, it's, they're obviously going to play up a thing where th- those two are going to have a match, which I'm super excited for.
1: Yeah, I am super excited for that match. I think uh, Joe and MJF should be a fantastic program. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that I'm all, I'm there for that for sure. Um, so, Joe, you know, is in there to defend the TV title against Shane Taylor. No idea who Shane Taylor is. Some Ring of Honor guy. Yeah. I, I apologize, you know, if somebody, if I'm discrediting him. I just don't know him. You're not. Um, okay. Um.
2: Apparently, this was... Was this kind of a squash? Or was it...
0: It was... I wouldn't call it a squash... But mm-hmm. there was never in doubt who was winning this. Sure. Um, Shane Taylor did, you know, put up an interesting fight, but he's got that very indie, like thug style of wrestling. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. you've seen it a ton of times on the indies, where you'll have a guy who comes out and like his whole character is I'm a badass. That's what this guy was. Is his character was he was a badass. No depth to the character, no story, no backstory, no uh anything else. His character was I'm a badass, and walked out there and was throwing haymakers, throwing like, you know, these big moves and stuff like that on Joe. Uh, to be honest though, like, I remember very little about this match. It was I won't say it was hard to watch, but it was just not I didn't care to watch it. Um I'm trying to think back. I don't even remember how the finish goes.
2: Uh apparently it is a kakina clutch. Um
1: Yeah, you basically they're forearming each other and Joe pulls them into the kakina clutch and that's it. Yeah.
0: They didn't, didn't go long. I think it was maybe maybe six minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe eight minutes at most, but yeah.
2: Yep, six minutes and twenty three seconds. Um
0: It was meh. Uh less than meh. Okay. Um I can't even say like anything good about it. It wasn't terrible. Like there wasn't really any blown spots. I remember, but it, it it's the worst compliment I can give any piece of entertainment. I don't remember it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing here was just the, just kind of a segue, you know, from that, just a reason for MJF and, and Samoa Joe to cross paths. I think exactly. I think that's what they use these two ring of honor title matches for um so the next match you've got the tnt championship
2: uh luchasaurus uh with christian versus darby allen and uh yeah this um let's see here yeah and i guess nick wayne is also out there with uh
1: darby um tell me about this match
0: uh, it was perfectly fine. Uh, it was Darby and Lucha, uh, Soros doing big man, little man stuff pretty much the whole way. Um, Darby Allen though was bumping his butt off like I don't know how that kid survives. I, think. I don't know how he's still walking. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember most of this match. I don't remember a lot out of this match per se. Well, it went
1: double the time that the Samoa Joe match did.
0: Um, it went the 12, biggest buddy. thing was um, at the end of the towards the end of the match where Darby hit the, had his comeback. Um, he's about to hit the coffin drop on Luchasaurus, mm. and uh, mm. uh, Christian goes and starts attacking Nick Wayne and gets re- is getting ready to give him a concerto as Darby's coming up for the coffin drop, and instead. Uh, he goes after uh Christian and starts attacking him. Lucha, as he gets back in the ring, Luchasaurus grabs him, um, hits him with I believe the choke slam. I think that's what they finished with. Yeah, yeah, I was. And uh, go, it gets the pin. That that was essentially it. Um, the match was fine again. <clears throat> it's a Darby Allen match, which means it's very high spotty. Um, uh, and the story was very oh. simple it was big man, little man.
1: Actually, I, I take that back. It was uh, A pair of tombstones and a clothesline to the back of the head. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh, now I remember that. So he grabs him for the tombstone, so he hits the first tombstone, stands back up, and as he's standing back up, Darby just puts his hands down, like, lays his hands down, like he's knocked down the tombstone. Then he gives him a second one, and then, like, he's still out a little bit, but he kind of, like, grabs back, and then Luchastor, still holding him like a tombstone, flips him up, and so he's like, uh pancake level
2: uh-huh.
0: and throws him it, so his uh he ends up uh uh hitting a snake eyes on the top rope and he comes off of that and then Luchasaurus hits him with the the clothesline interesting and it was nasty looking and darby didn't get up after he stayed mm-hmm. down nick Wayne came in and everything else like They had trainers and everything out to check on him. they did a whole thing like you did not see Darby Allen walk out.
2: Yeah, this. I totally
0: forgot about that.
1: You know, it sounded like a good match, actually, Um, and it was a big win for Luchasaurus. I think it really from what I've read, it, it really helps Luchasaurus. It, he needed a big win like this, a statement win. It,
0: it makes him look like a monster, like it, legitimately like a monster, especially the way he did that finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like they did a big man, little man, and Darby Allen's the right person for that kind of match for mm-hmm. a guy to make to make him bump like crazy. Like Luchasaurus, especially as the face, was always kind of like a, a big guy who could do high fly crap. And mm-hmm. now he's just being a big, mean monster. And that's exactly what he needs to be.
1: Yeah. 100% there. And uh, Christian in the, in the scrum afterwards, you know, was talking about how they signed him to a, a new contract. Um, so he's going to be around for a little bit. Um, nice. And I, I'm loving his, his kind of his uh, pairing here with Luchasaurus in this gimmick. Um, but yeah, so then we've got Powerhouse Hobbs against Miro i heard this was fantastic
0: it was very good um I, I'll, I'll take a little, a little uh you know love here from the great simon miller from what culture and mm-hmm. say this was two men slapping mad meat it's exactly what it was supposed to be and what it needed to be these two just wrecked the crap out of each other throwing suplexes on each other throwing some of the meanest clotheslines and shots i've seen. Um, One of the crazy spots was towards the end, though, was uh, at the end, Miro goes and hits the uh, game over, which is the uh, the Cobra Clutch, um, and is hitting that on there. And then uh, Hobbs gets out, and then Hobbs gets over top and is about ready to uh, hit Miro with a chair, right? And Lana, of all people, comes in. CJ Perry or CJ Perry uh right. who is uh, Miro's actual wife right. in life, mm-hmm. comes out and goes to hit him uh hit uh Hobbs and uh he turns around when did she hit him i can't remember she either was going to or did hit him and Miro or uh Hobbs gets up and is like what the wtf and turns his back around to Miro who grabs the chair hits him and this is while the ref is down And uh, Miro gets the win and everything else, but uh, CJ's sitting there smiling at her husband, and her husband's like, has this look of like, what the hell are you doing here, kind of thing. And he leaves, he leaves CJ Perry in the ring. Like, you have no clue why she's there to save him, what the problem is with the two, and everything else going on. So it's very odd,
2: yeah. Um,
0: but it was a fine match. Um, again, like, it's a it's problem with me for AEW is there's so many spots. It's hard to remember anything big, like any like particular pieces of it. So I, I don't remember exactly what it was. I do remember really enjoying this match, though.
1: Yeah, I, I heard it was really good. Um, was the crowd chanting meat during this?
0: I think that's what that was.
1: Uh, That's what I heard is that they were chatting like meat. (laughs) It was
0: very hard to understand them sometimes. Mm -hmm. But uh, so in this match, they were hitting the ring so hard that uh, the old school method of trying to make the uh, ring sound bigger is by throwing a mic underneath, right? Mm -hmm. You can hear the mic reverb under the ring because of how hard they were hitting the ring.
2: Uh, Yeah. I might have to track this one down. It's very um, good. So
1: next we've got the TBS title. Uh, Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho.
2: Um, yeah. Tell me about this one. Um, I don't like Chris Statlander. I don't think she
0: can work. And I don't know why okay. she's champion right now. Um, okay. Also, well, I think
1: she's over, isn't she? I mean, she gets her, good crowd stuff. The fan she?
0: likes her. The fan like her. Funny fine and everything else. Um, there was a quite an inappropriate sign <laughs> that was out in the crowd. Uh so she oh. used to do the alien gimmick, right? Where she would boot uh-huh. people on the nose. And uh let's say that somebody wants to get boot but not in their nose. Um Oh my gosh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but this <laughs> match was re- that was, down. Yeah. This match was good. Ruby carried the crap out of this match. Um, as well as uh uh Paige uh, shiara Sierra so uh, whatever her name is Soraya Soraya yeah I'm tired man I'm sorry and I guess said oh. I got a head cold so I uh, yeah Soraya is out there as well who is currently the woman's champion um I didn't know this but Ruby Soho I, I, like either as Ruby Soho or um Ruby Riot or even mm-hmm. when she was Heidi Lovelace she has never won a title anywhere right and that was insane to me cuz she's such a great worker uh so this match was fine um i did think though that uh this one could have gone either way like between Statliner and, and ruby soho i think they told the story well enough for that especially with having the involvement of what they had mm-hmm. um but they are doing something interesting with uh tony storm they're doing this like crazy gimmick with her mhm so Well, before we get to there, um, they did the cutoff, which I really liked. was uh, uh, Soraya gets up on the apron and uh, is yelling at uh, Chris Statlander, and Chris Statlander gets out and starts chasing Soraya, and they do that running around gimmick, and she's just running like crazy, which uh, is always a gimmick I love, where they do the the running around, like the valet does the running around, and then the uh, heel comes over and uh, hits him. I mean, I I know a person that did specifically that clothesline spot with somebody I know, Nicholas.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So they did that spot where uh, that was the cutoff was Ruby was on the outside waiting, Soraya runs past uh, and takes the shot from uh, or Chris Islander takes the shot from Ruby. so okay. a Great clothesline, a great old school, a great old school spot. But uh, nice. so Ruby's about to win, right? So she gets not knocked down. Um, she gets knocked down, Soraya gets up on the apron after throwing the spray can to Ruby. And out of nowhere, Tony Storm comes out from under the ring wearing like a negligee for some reason and uh goes and gets the can of spray from Ruby and just starts kind of like spraying it up in the air, like it's a breeze smell or whatever. And then Ruby's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then uh, turns around right in the Statlander. Huh. And that's the finish. Okay. So it was a fine match. It was interesting. I'm not sure what they're trying to do with the storyline, though.
1: Well, clearly they're breaking up. Um,
0: yeah, the Outsiders or yeah. the Outlaws. The Outcasts. Outcasts, that's what.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but clearly
2: there's dissension there. Um, yeah. It is what it is. Um, so now we've got uh, Brian Danielson.
1: Is that right? Let's see. Make sure that's the next one. Yeah. Brian Danielson against Ricky Starks in a, a no DQ strap match. Um, I heard this was really good too and really vicious. Um,
0: this match is tied for the match of the night for me.
2: Okay. okay. And
0: you know how I feel about Ricky Stark.
2: Uh-huh. But
0: Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, uh-huh. is a god. He, he can work with anybody and make them look fantastic. Well,
1: Brian Danielson in the scrum afterwards said that uh, Ricky Starks carried him through this match because he's not 100%. No, yeah,
0: he, he came out with a um, wrapped arm for his broken arm still, and he's obviously got a splint on it. And stuff. So they had the work around it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said that
1: like there was a lot of smoke and mirrors in this match because he didn't throw a punch with his right hand, mm-hmm. you know, and and all that. But I heard it was really stiff. Uh, it was blood. Um. Oh yeah. And then, uh, I think didn't Danielson like strap like whip like Ricky starts like in the face with the with the strap. Yes.
0: Yeah, Oof. he was he was stra- uh, so he was whipping him while he was in the corner, right? And uh-huh. he's getting and he was going too quick on a couple of them, and he was in the I think it was in the tree of woe if I remember right. And uh-huh. he was whipping him across the chest, and he got him one way too low and got him like right in the mouth. Oof. Like and you see it too, like right when it happens, I, I called it out to our, our friend Jake who was uh-huh. one of us uh, watching it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my god, he just hit him right in the mouth, um, uh-huh. which is fine because he's got the face like a toe. But uh they did also have Steamboat out on commentary. Um, which his commentary was, skills were fine. Like I wouldn't be surprised to have uh. like Steamboat out there on the regular doing commentary. He was perfectly good.
1: I heard he did pretty good.
0: Um, but then he came out and uh was involved uh in a spot towards the end. So um it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. Uh the right person finished or one, which was Danielson, uh one with a version of the Little Bell lock where he was uh pulling on the face with the strap, which was great so i
1: from everything that I've read about this match, I feel like this is the match that really took Ricky Starks to that next level and made him a main event guy. I don't
0: know if I call him main event, but it definitely did raise his equity a lot like. Again, like if you've heard the podcast before, you know how I feel about Ricky Starks, Similar how you feel about, right. uh, good old Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This gave me a lot more, a lot more credibility for Ricky Stark as a worker if he stays in this kind of level of heel. Um, he's a lot better heel than he was a face. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the things I disliked about him so much was that he was trying to do the face gimmick after leaving with Hobbs. Like other hops.
1: Right. And I this is why this is an example of why I feel like Ricky starts is better than Austin Theory. Because Austin Theory has never had a match this good. Like ever, in my opinion. Like this match sounds really good. I've heard nothing but good things about this match. Um I've never heard of a, a an Austin Theory match being you know borderline great so
0: well not to put down like say Rey Mysterio but who's Austin theory worked
2: John Cena yeah uh you know um Rey Mysterio um let's see I'm pretty sure he worked um I'm trying to think of of others Honestly,
1: I, I blank out a lot on Austin Theory matches. To be honest,
0: uh, he worked a lot of mini card guys, but he never had like a great opportunity. Like he didn't work somebody the, the caliber of Daniel Bryan.
1: Well, there's not somebody the canyel of Brian Danielson yeah. in WWE right now. Like, I mean, there's not. He's it, it's a hard it's hard to compare him to anybody because he's so good. Yeah, like like we we were kind of talking about off air that you know with him kind of taking over collisions and being on Saturday. That almost that makes me really intrigued for Collision because it's like you're taking Punk off but you're replacing him with Danielson. I got to think that this show, I mean on paper it looks like the show could improve. Personally, I think it's an upgrade in general. So, we'll we'll have to see, you know, what direction they go in there, but but Brian Danielson's probably what top Three, if I'm like, and he'd be probably number one or number two, like out of everybody.
0: I, there's an argument we said he's about him being the greatest of all time, Mm -hmm. but I would definitely say he's the greatest active worker right now.
1: Yeah. I I just don't know anybody, I mean, really, that holds a candle to him. So he's, he's that good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good, good for Ricky Starks. I'm, I'm, it worked out in his favor, I think, with everything that happened around. It was a match. much
0: better match than he would have had with the Punk.
2: Um. So then we've got, um, let's see here. We have got Eddie Kingston, and okay, I'm going to
1: try. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata.
2: Very good.
1: Yes, versus Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuda. Much easier names to pronounce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what what can you tell me about this match? Uh,
0: well, one, it had Eddie Kingston, and it, so it already uh-huh. had the negative marks for me, but mm-hmm. Shibata is amazing. Um, so they have a story where Eddie Kingston and Shibata are only working together because they both hate uh Claudio. like would disdain him so at the beginning of the match like wheeler starts off and it's wheeler and shibata and then wheeler tags out to claudio and then eddie tags himself in and these are the faces right and this is, they never really go back like they never really have an interaction but it feels like they could have easily done it um this by the way was one of eddie kingston's better matches um i think it's because it had to be a straight up match and uh, him and Claudio just had so much actual like you could feel the heat they they have um, I don't think it's legit he, Like I don't think they really dislike each other but they tell that story so well they have great chemistry together that when those two were in there it was working great. Um, Wheeler Yuta bumped his ass off for this match like I don't know if you can see it as often but Wheeler Yuta is like an unsung hero of the BCC because he bumps for everything. It's like Daniel doesn't want to take a bump. Claudio doesn't want to take a bump. And, uh, or Brian Danielson, excuse me, uh, and Claudio, they don't want to bump. John Moxley doesn't want to bump unless he gets the bleed off of it. So instead, Wheeler, you know, has to bump and take pins and do everything. And he just does such a great job of putting everybody else over. It looks so good. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, Claudio hit a couple of big moves, uh, that he does for his finishes, like the, uh, his version of the Gouch Pile driver, but it's more of the Splash version, so he calls the uh, Neutralizer. Uh, he tries to hit the, uh, our, the power bomb he does that I can't think of right now. Um, uh, it's named after the bloody uh, cough drops. No well, my brain's too fogged right now to think of it. Uh, the Rico mm-hmm. Uh He tries to hit that yes. on uh, Eddie Kingston. Um, But was not able to do it. Like they, they have a really good match, stiff like crazy. Um, like I'm a stiff worker or relatively stiff worker for <laughs> uh-huh. <while> working <laughs> and stuff. But like I even had to say, like, all right, that's that's stiff, boys, because that's how bad it was. So,
2: uh-huh. <sighs> man, yeah, it was,
0: it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um. I won't remember it Mm -hmm. a month from now. Yeah, and Castanoli apparently
2: apparently hits an uppercut to finish Kingston.
0: Yeah. And lays him out with it, too. Looks great.
2: Yep. Um,
0: While Shibata was uh, hitting or doing something to Wheeler around the corner and then realized too late, like, it was well-timed. Like, it was a well-placed way to do the finish.
2: Yeah, there wasn't,
1: I mean... I don't have a lot to comment on this match. I, I'm I feel the same way as far as you do with Kingston. Um you know, that was that was one thing that uh Punk had a line about that I that I think we can both agree on, is that uh you know, Eddie Kingston is the second best Kingston. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it might not even be the second best if there's another Kingston like you know, there's probably a Kingston, you know, walking the streets. It's probably
2: anyway. Um but uh so next match we have Kenny Omega versus Oh boy, uh Kanasuki uh yep.
0: Takeshta, yep. Yes <laughs> Yes. <laughs> my favorite part about doing the AEW things is listening to you try to say Japanese words. Yes, I'm getting better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's only because I've heard it so much. It's like, okay, I gotta remember that. Gotta remember that because I've messed it up so much.
0: Um,
2: Yeah, I heard
1: this was a pretty good match.
0: It was also very good. Very good. Um, Also very stiff. Uh, They did a lot of callback stuff that they did. Um, So Going through the match they hit some crazy like shots and things like that. But primarily like the screwdriver spot, which is the big thing about like uh uh Takesha stabbing him or getting stabbed. So like that was a big thing. In fact, they do this great spot where uh Takesha is choking um Kenny Omega on, on the and this is towards the finish, uh on the bottom rope, right? And so he's choking him on the bottom rope. Ref pulls him off and he's like, Okay, okay, okay. And then Don Callis comes running over with the screwdriver and swings it up to go stab him right in the head. Like he lifted up high, like he's going to pull Michael Myers on him and, uh, Kenny moves and like at the last second, Don Callis stabs it into the mat and it's Ooh. stuck there in the mat. And, uh, it's just on the outside, uh, in the apron and such. And, uh, it, it works towards the finish. Because then uh Takeshita gets picked up for the one winged angel following that, and is reaches over like over the ropes and grabs the um as he's getting pulled up, reaches through the ropes and grabs the screwdriver and is up on the shoulders of Kenny Omega as he's getting ready to stab him. The ref sees it in his hand and takes it away from him and such like that, and then they work to the finish from there. I'm trying to remember what the finish is though. So I believe Takeshita wins this. Yes.
1: So let's see here. Um, so Omega hits a V trigger, but Takeshita finds the screwdriver that's taken away. So Takeshita hits a running knee for two, and then another running knee finishes Omega. There you go. Yeah, I sounds like a great match, and I'm. I think they should keep this Takeshita guy around. I think they should push him.
0: Um, I think they're going to. So he was signed to AEW a while ago. Like, he was here as a face for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in initially for Door 1 and worked in that um, eight-man that they had uh, against uh, Jericho Society mm-hmm. because him and Jericho had had beef. And mm-hmm. he worked as a face for a while until he came in with Don Callis and stuff like that. So I, I think he's going to stay around. He's a great worker. He's actually working the independence in the U.S. right now, too. So he's doing a lot of great work.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see more of him for sure. Um, So then you've got Bullet Club Gold versus FTR and the Young Bucks. Strange pairing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, tell me about this match. It was odd because there was a
0: story and the Young Bucks were in it. Um. <laughs> No, oh, it, it was very good in the way that they were telling the story. So you had both the Young Bucks and FDR who have been feuding going against uh, Bullet Club Col- Gold, who were like, you know, the, the top guys right now. Like not top guys, but they're uh, a collaboration. Like they're all together, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they do great work together, the four of them. That being said, Juice Robinson has some of the worst gear. He's got these gold uh, tights that he wears. They're mm-hmm. the nut huggers. And I think that they were designed for him when he was about 20 pounds heavier because they are constantly wrinkling and looking about the fall off his ass all the time. <laughs> They're horrible. That being said, um, the whole story of this match is a lot of like at first FTR and uh, the Bucks are not wanting to work together. Specifically, FTR does not want to work with the Bucks. So they go for like FDR goes and starts off and then uh, one of the bucks puts their hands off for a tag. And instead, uh, the they tag the other member FTR, and then goes off again. And then um, he reaches out for another tag with the FTR member. And then this time, uh, Nick Jackson tags in, And they kind of go back and forth. Like they're doing a lot of this stuff for the shot during the shine, stuff like this. Um, and they have a lot of the stuff going through the whole time. But it's towards the end that it actually builds a story that does it so well. Because you get to a part where you have these two tag teams, FTR and uh, the Bucks, who know each other so well. That scenarios happen in the match where they need their partner, they usually do stuff with, to do tag moves, right? So, at one point, they go to do a uh, FTR goes to do uh, stuff drivers where... Someone picks him off for a pile driver, the other guy gets up on the second rope, drops off, and does a spike, right? Mm-hmm. They go to do that, and as they go to do that, uh, I believe it's um uh Dax Wheeler is the one going up the top rope and gets knocked to the outside from there, it gets thrown off the top where um Dash uh Harwood is holding the pile driver. Well, it fights off, and boom, boom, picks him back up again for the pile driver, but this time, um Nick Jackson is the one that gets up on the second rope and does the stuff with him. So they do the stuff there. And then uh, later on, uh, Matt Jackson and Dash Harwood end up doing the BTE trigger, which is the their version of the uh, the B-trigger, the, the knees that uh, uh, the Bucks do. So they mm-hmm. both give a knee. Boom. Uh, they also have it where they... Do a spot where uh, Dash Harwood ends up doing a superplex on one of them. I think it's Juice, if I am right. Does a superplex, and then you have uh
2: uh Wheeler jump off the top
0: and over uh, rope with a splash or a headbutt. Then you had Matt Jackson jump off the top with a splash, and then you had uh, Nick Jackson jump off with another splash. <laughs> All like boom boom boom. It was a great like cohesiveness at the end. Uh-huh. Um and then I believe this isn't the finish, but it gets right into the finish, is uh you have uh, the uh uh FTR going for the shatter machine. Um and as they go to hit it, uh Juice goes and saves, I think it was switchblade. And uh stops him from getting hit. And then they shoot it off again, but this time they switch out um uh, Wheeler again with uh, I can't remember if it's Nick or Matt Jackson, and he hits it this time uh in spot of uh the other member. So they hit that for the finish and they get to a one two kick out. I wanna say though, it was uh Bullet Club Go that wins this.
2: Yeah.
1: It is so they they you know get a big win here.
0: Um, there's a really good story though through the whole match of like the two teams are fighting at the beginning and then coalesce into an actual team together because they know each other so well. I like that story.
1: Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see where they're going with this. I, I think we're we're eventually going to get another Young Bucks and an FDR match. <clears throat> um, so I, I feel like they're going to build to that again, maybe with a stipulation or something,
2: but uh. Yeah, I, sounds like a good match.
1: Um, mm-hmm. So the last match, main event time. So they get the main event spot, which was going to be CM Punk main eventing against Ricky Starks in the match. Starks went on with, with Danielson, and now the international title main events with Orange Cassidy defending against John Moxley.
0: So two things. One, this was the right match, the main event. Even with okay. CM Punk, it would have been there. I think this was the right match, the main event, because it gives a lot of credibility to the international yeah. title. Um, yeah. there, there's talks that, that they might make this the second show title. So put mm-hmm. this one on Collateral and make uh, our collision, excuse me, mm-hmm. and uh, make it the their big championship title. Mm-hmm. Um, and... A lot to do with that is Orange Cassidy, right? Orange Cassidy's put a lot of prestige onto this thing. He was he's gone thirty-one matches, thirty-two matches, uh, win streak right now with this match, um, or with this title and hasn't lost. Uh, but there, I, I I've talked about this before that I love what they've done with this, where he has been playing up injuries, right? So mm-hmm. every match he has, he gets some new injury that he's got to, to proceed and continue with and everything else, and. Continue to go and go and go, and they still go with that on this, right? That he's still hurt and has to deal with
2: injuries from
0: this. It is a great match. um Orange Cassidy has come such a long way with this gimmick, where like it, it's oh my god, I can't I can't talk how good Orange Cassidy's come along with the gimmick he's got with this. There's a spot later I'll talk about that they do that just explains it so much. But at the beginning of the match, I uh, remind you by the way, I think when I said earlier that the um, Ricky Starks and Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson match was uh, tied for match of the night. It's tied with mm-hmm. this for me. Because um, okay. it's that good. The match starts off hot. like Orange Cassidy comes out like a ball of fire and Goes and even hits the uh, the orange punch to go for the pin right off the bat. Um, and John Moxley's just a beast. Like, he's so much bigger than him and stuff like that. And they play up to that the whole time. But no matter what Moxley does, he just can't keep Orange Cassidy down, right? And they get to a part towards the end. Like, there's a bunch of huge spots here. Orange Cassidy it gets so bloody. Like, John Moxley doesn't bleed in this match. But yeah. he doesn't have to. Like, Orange Cassidy bleeds pretty much the amount that Moxley has bled in the last six shows in one wow. show. Like, it is insane. There's one part where Moxley is, like, biting uh, the wound, and the only blood on Moxley is around his mouth from the bite. And then he puts Orange Cassidy down. This is on, on uh, the outside uh, at the uh, uh, commentator's desk. And there is a like pool of blood the size of like, I don't know, almost like a size of a football from the blood right there. It is insane Han, how much he was bleeding in this match. And they go through and have these crazy spots. They were so good. Uh, but it gets to uh, the comeback and everything else and Orange Cassidy goes to do his spot, right? Which is put his hands in his pockets. And then he goes and does the like kicks to the shins, like the oh, kick, oh, kick. He does Mm -hmm. about two of those. And then he pulls his hands out of his pockets and starts lighting John up with those kicks and like going crazy and crazy and crazy. And then goes for the super kick and uh, off of it and everything else and uh, hits it. And then I think he goes for another orange punch. And, like, he's just a ball of fire at the end. Boom, boom, boom. But is unable to win. Uh, John Moxley ends up hitting him with two of his uh, paradigm shifts or uh, Death Riders or whatever they are. And they look mm-hmm. sick when they hit him. But the second one he hits him with, or before he hits him with the second one, um, looks like Orange Cassie's going to put his hands in his pockets again. And instead of putting his hands in his pockets, he turns his hands up and just flips John off. And uh, then he hits him with the last one. And uh, he can't kick out. It's one, two, three, your new champion, John Moxley, uh, who is now, I think, officially triple crowned in
2: AEW, the first triple crown runner. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, because he won the. World, mm-hmm. he won the tag. <laughs> um, did he? I'm not sure he did. So, what other title would it have been? Not the tag, uh, maybe the trios. Um, I don't remember him holding the trios. Oh, I, don't
0: know. I feel I don't like know. he's a triple crown winner, but I could be wrong. Um, but it's a huge title for him. And if they do make it so that uh, it's the big title on collision, which I think he's the right person mm-hmm. to hold it. If they go that path, then it'll mm-hmm. it'll be good.
2: Well, yeah. And and
1: uh, Moxa can defend that title and make, you know, bring it to another level because he can. Go defend it in new japan or he can go mm-hmm. defend it you know on in the indies or whatever you know making kind of a big deal um i feel like yeah this this sounds like a fantastic match
0: it was um, amazing and it, it made uh it, it brought orange cassidy uh-huh. up another level like he's main event <laughs> at this point
1: see and that's which is crazy right because if you would have told me you know even a year ago that that orange cassidy would be main event level because I, I would have thought, eh, I don't know about that, because it seemed like it would be a fad, his whole gimmick, and it would run its course and, yeah. and you couldn't get so much out of it. Um, I, f- I feel like this is going to be the show where even in losses, you had Orange Cassidy elevated and Ricky Starts elevated and like Moxley and Danielson did a great job in elevating two new top guys.
0: I agree. Like, especially for a show, like we were going into it, like, what are they going to do? Yeah, it, it had a lot more to it than I expected. Um, and I have to say, like, even though in the matches, like, I kind of pooed on, like, every single person put their heart into these matches. Um, save the one with um, oh, Samoa Joe, the guy he worked, mm-hmm. like, eh. Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it served its purpose, though, right? Being on there to set up the big time match.
0: It did. But outside of that, like, eh. That being said, though, yeah. it was surprisingly good pay-per-view. Um,
1: I'm going to have to track it down.
0: Uh, my wife and I, we were, like, totally wondering whether we were going to get it, like, back-to-back mm-hmm. ones because, you know, it's right. 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. And outside of writing it off for, you know, since we did a review, I could write mm-hmm. it off as part of the podcast stuff. But uh, in addition, we were like trying to figure out like, is this going to be worth doing? It was totally worth it. If you have the opportunity, go and watch it. It was a fantastic day.
2: That's awesome.
0: All right. That being said, guys, uh, sorry, we had to burn through some of these matches uh, pretty quickly because of time. Because we were (laughs) reviewing two shows, plus talking about the craziness of the wrestling world right now. So. Let us know what your favorite match was. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on the whole letting go CM Punk and everything else. And who knows? Maybe he'll end up in WWE. I doubt it. But who knows? Let us know. Reach out to us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BeHeroMedia.com. Or excuse me, at BeHeroMedia or go to BeHeroMedia.com. You can also reach out to me directly on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Burke DCW. Or Mike Burke Pro on Twitter because Twitter still hates me. <laughs> you can also reach out to Psycho at Psycho Wrestling on Facebook. Lastly, upcoming shows for Devotion Championship Wrestling still have a lot of huge shows coming up September 16th, Trolley Square, Salt Lake City. Huge show for us. Devotion Championship Wrestling presents Control, the new. And WA champion is heavyweight champion. EC3 is slated to be there. Uh, That being said, there might be a chance. So hold on on that. Keep posted with us on that. But we still will have Chris Adonis, who will be going up against the Championship Wrestling heavyweight champion, Brett Boucher. You will also be having... Former WWE star Sim Bode, uh, who wrestled as Kazarian. Yeah, no. Kazarian. Kazarian. Uh, Kazarni. Uh, Kazarni. Sorry. Uh, it's not my fault he's got a similar name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> no. Uh, Kazarni, but he wrestled now in Sim uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic guy. Uh, he's going up against the big mouth of the Motion Championship Wrestling, Andrew Sowell. Also find Andrew on a podcast here on Be Hero. uh, Slightly agitated. And so many more. uh, We will be announcing some more coming up soon. I'm super excited for this show. Last time we were at Charlie Square for the fourth anniversary show, it was a huge show for us, huge show for myself, because I got the opportunity to be able to, uh, a future opportunity, as you will, uh, to be able to go against the Utah State television title off of Bud Birch. But we don't know when that's going to happen. Hold on. That could happen at control. Following that, we will be at Fan X September 21st to the 23rd. It'll be a great time there. We'll be wrestling all throughout the event, uh, as well as a ton of great people that will be there. Uh, God, I couldn't even give you a list of who else is going to be there. It's an insane amount of celebrities that'll be out there this year. If you haven't got your tickets yet, go purchase them online at fanx.com and use our code Wrestling to get fifteen percent off. And then, lastly, we will be right back at Lightyear Studios for Halloween Bash on October sixth. So, guys, there's a ton of great wrestling coming up. Uh, I was talking to somebody just recently. We have had a show. I think almost five months now. We've had the show almost every weekend outside of like three. It has been insane how much wrestling Devotion has had lately. And it's only getting bigger. We just added another show up next month in October uh, Lagoon, or Long Lagoon, Logan. <laughs> uh, so, guys, stay posted with us on Facebook at Devotion Championship Wrestling, Twitter, and uh, Twitter is DCW Salt Lake City. And so it's on TikTok now, and that will be under Devotion Wrestling. So, guys, that's a lot. We've <laughs> done a lot today. We've done a lot of talking. My head is so, like, killing me right now with this uh, head cold I've got it's going past on. past my bedtime. Yeah, I noticed you were falling asleep on me while I was talking about the last <laughs> match. So, that all being said, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one, and I hope you enjoyed this weekend of wrestling. It was a great weekend for wrestling. For B Hero and everybody else here, this has been Psycho, this has been me, and that's us tapping out. <laughs> Have a great night, guys.